Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Wes and Walker Show. Fitty and Flounder in for Wes and Walker. Buddy, the good news is is that the text line has been, for the most part, rather positive. Yeah, we lost Pac-Man to the fullest within the first five seconds of the show. He said that uh, I am not listening to Torhole fans and rolled out. So we'll see you tomorrow, okay? Because did he roll out on his tractor or did it not crank because of the cold weather? Mm, that's a fair point. He may have also forgot to fill it up. So that's you know, possible. It's possible. But uh, we'll see you tomorrow. He said whenever uh, Walker and Wes come back, he will return to the show. I will say this. Offense taken. But I like the fact that Wes and Walker are growing their own fan base here. Uh, slowly but surely. It's coming along. They're having success. You apparently not a fan of either, though. You know, I just had, I, I just thought maybe we would just barricade them outside the studio tomorrow <laughs> and just do it again from twelve to three, and and see what happens. But I mean, uh, we could give it a shot. I don't think it's going to work. Um, Matt in Greensboro, who I believe is an NC State fan, jeez, said I'm not a nice Eels fan, crack, but uh, so happy y'all ruined Kay's retirement party. The whole season was only about Kay and showed how much of an egotistical ass Kay is. Woo! And I, I couldn't say go, that man. better for myself. Uh, fake vending guy texting, what's up, fellas? Love the show. You guys deserve your airtime. Well, thank you. We've worked, uh, we've worked really hard for it. I've worked really we, hard so for wait it. Wait a second. Are we supposed to say that? like That we worked really hard for it? Yeah, so is everybody else in this industry. I also just pressured Wes and Walker into taking vacation time. Or I think you honestly wrote their vacation time off for them. Like Walker, uh, according to Walker, he told me uh, last week he didn't even know he was supposed to be off. They just told him you're taking time off because your name was on. Well, he uh, he doesn't know this yet. He'll find out the hard way tonight oh, no. when he comes in to, to host Hornets pregame. His microphone isn't going to work until he brings me a Bossy Beulah's Butte sandwich with no mayonnaise and no pickle. Dude, this is a long-standing battle. I mean, my God, it's it's what, like three weeks now? Well, I mean, the problem was, was he said that he was going to get me a sandwich and mm. then never got me a sandwich. And knowing how much of a fatty I am. Wait a second. I thought it w was it not a bet or something? No. He just wanted to oh, buy me a sandwich. Oh, Oh, you're just oh man, you're just being you're just being difficult. I'm just being me. Yeah, that's I'm yeah, being fitty. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Um let's let's turn attention back to the Carolina Panthers. Um there was some bad news that came out of the win over Detroit on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And that is that JC Horn, dare I call him shut down corner JC Horn did suffer a broken wrist in the game. Um, Steve Wilkstow was not ruling him out for the remainder of the season, but with that, this meant that Carolina had to go find some, some help at that cornerback spot, add some depth, and they found so in a familiar face. Uh, Josh Norman yesterday signed with the Carolina Panthers practice squad, and uh, 
you know, Eric Kelly's going nuts yeah. outside the window right now. That's why he got distracted. He is freaking out that it's us two in the studio right now. So I, I wonder if he's just more surprised or if he's happy that it's you and I on the air. But this is now what the second straight year the Panthers have brought back a former beloved Panther. Last year it was Cam Newton, and mm-hmm. it was in an effort to save the season. That was a move out of desperation. This move, not quite the same. This is a move to add some depth. But this is a guy that Steve Wilkes is very familiar with, and even at 35, thinks that he can play some football at a really high level. When you saw the news come across your Twitter feed yesterday, how did you react to seeing that Josh Norman is back here in Carolina? I mean, I think it's an interesting move. I think it makes a lot of sense, though, because you need somebody that's kind of familiar with what Steve Wilkes does. That's exactly what 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 uh, Josh Norman is. He, he's a guy that was coached by Steve Wilkes here for his entire time when he was with the Panthers the first time around. And I think, you know, anything that can bring that type of extra spark to what has already been a pretty special season. Now, it's it, it sucks that you won't get to see him here unless they do make the playoffs. But my thing is, is it can only really help you. And look, Josh Norman... Not the same Josh Norman that he was. That's the thing that I think people have to realize is that, look, Josh Norman is still a serviceable backup rotational type of guy, I think, from what you saw. I mean, last year, I don't think people really remember this, but last year he started 14 games for the San Francisco 49ers. So it's not like he is even as far removed from being a starter as... Cam Newton was the other thing is clearly much easier position to come in and immediately just make an impact at than having to learn a playbook like Cam did and you know have basically becoming the leader on this team as quickly as he did so I I think it's a great move for the Panthers and it really can only help them the thing that people have to realize though is you cannot expect this dude to come out here and, one, start. I think there are people that believe he will start in the game on Sunday. I don't I don't see that happening. You should just expect that, hey, he definitely is a guy that, at some point, you can throw out there if Keith Taylor, who is more than likely going to start this game, is struggling as bad as he did against Pittsburgh. Yeah, Joe Person from The Athletic, he joined Willie P., who's in for Mac and Bone this morning, and he expects him to play. He said he wouldn't be surprised if he got 40 or so snaps on Sunday, primarily in that nickel spot. Here's Steve Wilkes saying that one of the big reasons why they brought in Josh Norman was that he knows the Panthers' DNA. He has experience in this league, veteran leadership, and most importantly, uh, I feel like he possesses our DNA. I know him personally. You know, he played for me. Uh, he understands the culture that we've tried to create here and the element of play that we're looking for. Um, and so, you know, I, I think about, you know, that if if this was a guy who didn't have any familiarity, I think, with Carolina, familiarity with Steve Wilkes, maybe they would have went in a different direction. And look, a 704 number said, you know, are, are we ignorant enough to believe that he can have an impact whatsoever at this point in time. I don't think it's ignorant because you're asking him to make plays in a sample size. And that's something that, I mean, Carolina lost the game against Pittsburgh primarily because they couldn't stop the run and because Keith Taylor got picked on like a kid in middle school. 
I mean, Keith Taylor looked like he had no idea he was even on a football field at times. He was lost. He was completely lost. And so it was really rough to watch, you know, for a guy like Willie P who coined him as rising star. I always oh, call him future all pro God. Keith Taylor. But I think that's a reason why this move was made was that they looked around and said, if J.C. Horn can't go, and Steve Wilkes is not ruling out that he's not going to be able to play. He said, look, some guys can, and he's, having, and he's having surgery done today, but some guys can club it up to where they can play through it. Right. But if he can't go, you know, C.J. Henderson has his issues. Key Taylor has his issues. We got to have somebody that we can maybe count on to make a few plays. And they still think Josh Norman has enough left in the tank to do just that. And so I think it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, I, I think the best thing about this was that this got Twitter in a frenzy yesterday yes. because Norman was a part of Thieves Avenue. He was a part of that secondary in that 2015 team. That was just, a, you know, a really the, the most fun season Carolina Panther fans have ever had, despite the way it, it ended there in Super Bowl 50. But Trey Boston was then on Twitter, you know, hey, is this a reunion? Because Trey Boston is a guy that can still play. And play at a relatively high level. He was here with Carolina. I think in Matt Rule's first year, he was with the team as a guy to bring in some, you know, from experience, you know, a veteran, some leadership. And then Steve Smith was just like, well, if we're bringing everybody back, we'll, you know, Agent 89 can throw the cleats back on. And maybe I'll come out there mm. and, and rejoin the team. You're a guy, because in this industry, we live on Twitter how much fun was it seeing a guy like Trey Boston and Steve Smith have some fun with Josh Norman resurfacing back here in Carolina? Oh, it was awesome because, I mean, guy, people always want to see legends like that, you know, that that think, hey, we could come out of retirement and still do that. You, you always get excited. Now, the thing is, like for Smitty, I feel like that's probably a lot to ask. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Smitty, I mean, I wouldn't doubt if he's staying in playing shape and everything like that. For Trey Boston, it, it makes a little bit more sense because Trey's a guy that, I mean, he last played in 2020, and he started all 16 games that year. He was a pretty effective player for Carolina. I mean, you know, he had the the issues that people used to complain about, you know, with, with the tackling and everything like that. I mean, still was a, an extremely impactful player. I mean, had the most tackles of his entire career back in 2020 when he had 95. So... I mean, look, that that one, when I saw that one, I said, hmm, you kind of wonder if he would if, if he would maybe come out of retirement. But uh, yeah, it's it's always fun to see guys talk about stuff like that. But for Josh Norman, it just it makes so much sense because, as you said, look at the guys that you will have out there if you don't have J.C. Horn. You will have C.J. Henderson, who we, we know has struggled at times. There's a reason they play him so far off the ball. You will have Keith Taylor, who got absolutely carved up by Pittsburgh and has had his issues throughout the season. And Miles Hartsfield, who, I mean, is solid as a nickelback, but I don't think he's a guy that's taking over a game for you. So to get a guy in, I mean, you said it. Joe Person said 40 or more plays. Well, and I, you I, you have to have a guy that knows your system, and Josh Norman knows the system that Steve Wilkes wants to play. That's why they made this move. I wonder how much also this has to do with the fact that they're at Tampa Bay on Sunday. Divisions on the line. He's had some good success against both Tampa 
and Julio Jones in the past as well, so that could factor in too. Who will be on the field on Sunday, who who missed the first matchup when Carolina got their first home win under Steve Wilkes. And speaking of Steve Wilkes, let's go back to some audio from him. Here's him addressing how quickly he thinks Josh Norman can contribute to this Carolina Panthers team. Well, well, you know, we did the same thing with uh, T.J. Curry when he came in. And uh, I think it's really the status of where those guys are uh, from a physical standpoint. Being in shape sometimes is totally different from game shape. Both have an understanding of the defense and some of the things that we're doing. And, you know, by working with both of those guys before, I think it'll be an easier transition. So hopefully he can jump in and get going. You know, I, I always love when, when coaches talk about game shape and playing shape. Because I haven't been in game shape in seven years, and I still I'm think just I, not in shape. I still think I could go out there and drop a thirty piece on any given night. Yeah, well, you think that, and then you would realize about hmm one and a half trips down the court that you probably are going to die. Well, let me clarify. I'm in a thirty piece of uh, McNuggets from McDonald's. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, while you're watching on the sideline and taking stats. Um, yeah. It, 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 I think I think it's going to be a really fun storyline just to see because like if he goes out there Sunday and let's say he makes a game changing pick or a, a pass breakup no matter what it is that'll be the talk of the town come Monday if Carolina goes to Tampa and does and 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 does prevail and I do think like watching Carolina this past week watching the Bucks on Sunday Night Football them going to Tampa and winning. Isn't out of the question. Oh no! It may look the way that the Panthers just played on Saturday. If they bring even remotely half of what they did in that game and carry it over to Tampa, they'll win that game. Tampa, dude, Tampa is terrible. I, there is no other way around it. If they did not play the Cardinals the other night, there is zero chance that they would have won that game. And I've I saw it again yesterday morning. Get up, trying to say, is it, did, did you find any belief in this Tampa offense with what they did? Like, come on. Really? Well, like, we have seen this offense throughout the entire year. They were they scored six points against the Cardinals and were trailing by 10 in the fourth quarter. Like, come on, man. To a Why team with a third-string quarterback with the head coach that's basically fired. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be come really on. interesting to see, you know, the mindset going into this game because I think this game is a lot more winnable than we thought before this team went to Seattle and won. And that's even coming off a home loss here to Pittsburgh. It is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Fiddy and Flounder, and for Wes and Walker. Coming up next, we're going to turn our attention to the hardwood. The Charlotte Hornets played two games over the holiday weekend since we last spoke. We'll talk about that, and we'll also discuss the news dump of all news dumps as the, as the Hornets and Miles Bridges are reengaging and contract e- 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 extension talks. We'll talk about that next here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Fiddy and Flounder holding down the Wes and Walker show for today, maybe, maybe tomorrow, uh, to be determined on that. Um, 
By the way, Moose on the text line pointed out something spot on here. He says, you're in shape, Flounder. The shape is round. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yes. Yeah, it's a shape. But, yeah, it probably shouldn't be as as painful as it is for me to walk up a flight of stairs. Like, I should not be walking up a flight of stairs and sounding like I am having an asthma attack. <sighs> I mean, that's every time. Also, I just think it's more the stairs. Like, there's just too much incline. You know, they they, they, were, they weren't made in the modern time to where well, it's just an easy step up. Like, you've got to kind of do a little lunge and, and step, and that's just too much work. Well, here's the, here's the thing, though. We do have an elevator in the building that we could use. It's a it's a walk to get to the elevator. It's not that far. Yeah, but wouldn't the but elevator just elevate our diabetes? Do we care? Ah. Yeah, no, we do. No, we 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 actually do. I mean, yeah, yeah. That that would that, that's and hey, that is what I tell my doctor when I go to get my checkup. I will tell them, look, I went up. Flights of stairs at work, that counts, right? Yeah. yeah That's no. about it. So I, I just wish running our mouths counted at exercise because I'd be the most in-shape human being of all time. Dude, honestly, they would tell me that I would have to gain weight if that was true. I'm, I'm just, I mean, uh, honestly, I have really thought, though, I, I mean, dude, I, congratulations to Willie, man. That dude lost over 40 pounds. Like, he legitimately looks good. PhD, hey man, our guy Bernie Bowles is doing it. Yeah, three B. We may have to consider. Yeah, yeah, you know, three B down the hall, triple B's. You know, he's looking better. Um, You know, Will Palachuk has lost so much weight; he looks like a bobblehead. Oh my God, why? You you know, come um, on, man. I I just feel like you know there would be something like Mac went and did the, I guess the the consultation, and for him he drew the line at you know no beer. Like what the, would be the most difficult thing for you to give up? Mine is very, very easy. Soda. Soda's a tough one for me, man. Yeah, that and bread. No bread. Yeah, because whenever what? whenever I eat at... Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What about pasta? I don't... I mean... Oh, that... See, I... You'll have some cauliflower rice, some vegetable chili, which smells... Oh, like I can't Nick do Wilson's that. Shoe. I can't do that, man. Nick Wilson ate that for a year straight for lunch. I just, I, I, I would go with the cauliflower rice. I could eat the cauliflower rice. I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big ah. cauliflower guy. Not a big rice guy. So I just feel like whenever they'd be showing ah. me the plan, I would just be swiping left on that like women swipe left on me on Tinder. Here we go. We knew there was going to have to be some sort of joke about the dating life that would be sprinkled in here. It just wouldn't be a show with that with us on, uh, us on it uh, if it if it didn't involve one of those. Well, you know, when we left the station on Friday, we all parted ways for the Christmas holiday. True. We were just asking for a Hornets win while you know the two games that they would play before we came back on the air, mm-hmm. and we got that Friday night early into Christmas Eve morning. Where they beat the Lakers 134-130 in thrilling fashion, um, as, as as it always seems to be whenever you know the, the Hornets win a game on the road, it seems to be some you know dramatic down to the wire type of win, and they got that one win. Um, they did lose last night to Portland 124-113 in a game that you know Charlotte led at the half. But 
too much Damian Lillard, too much Jeremy Grant, Joseph Nurkic in the second half, just too much for, for the Hornets. But that even overshadows the biggest storyline that came about about this team over the weekend. At precisely like 4.45 on Friday afternoon, I've still got Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, notification set on my Twitter feed. Got a notification. And it revolved that the Charlotte Hornets and Miles Bridges are re-engaging in contract talks that would sign him to a new deal with the idea and belief that he would remain a Charlotte Hornet. Yep. And, and we know... You know, the things that Miles Bridges has been accused of, what Miles Bridges has spent a lot of time in court over. Um, and, you know, I think we just kind of come to the to, to this place as a station to where we never thought Miles Bridges was going to come back. We we know he's going to play in the NBA again. Well, did we not think he was going to come back or did we just not want him to? We, we didn't want it to be the case. Cause that's where that's where I've been at. I mean, I I always knew there was a possibility that it could happen. I kind of got to the point to where I never thought he would suit up for the Charlotte Hornets ever again. I had accepted the fact that he was going to play in the NBA again. I just thought it would be a deal or in a scenario where the Hornets signed him, but they signed him to trade him. As of right now, with all the details and reports that we're that we're getting, it's that the the idea is that he will suit up again for a member of the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's that's not going to sit very well with them, whether you're, you know, a lifelong Hornet fan, mm-hmm. whether you're, you know, a lifelong NBA fan. Um, you know, th- th- this is going to be something that's going to divide the fan base, I think, over because there are people that will – be welcoming of Miles Bridges' return, second chance type of guy, whatever. Re, you know, try to rehabilitate his life. Then you've got the people that are going to say we want no part of this. I think my biggest issue with the whole scenario is the report came out the night before free agency, so that was middle of July, roughly five months since then, and we've really heard nothing from Miles Bridges, you know, denouncing. Or trying to disclaim what's been alleged about the abuse that happened to his wife. I, I mean, to me, it's it's cut and dry. Like, this dude, has there been any sort of remorse from him? That's my problem with this whole thing. It's not, I look, you are, you deserve to go through the process to figure out what actually happened. There's no doubt about it. There's been news that has come out since then. That has shown that maybe there is there there is you know s- some issues on both sides of that relationship, but my thing is is you never saw any sort of not no, no denial, no regret. It seems like a guy that just saw this as an obstacle in his life, and I'm just trying to navigate around it. That's my problem with it. Because if you had some remorse, look, we make people make mistakes. It happens. I totally understand that. But the fact that you showed no remorse, that it seems that that you're going to rehab, but it's based on a court order. That's really the only reason. Like, do do we really believe this dude would be seeking this out on his own? I don't know because he he has not made any sort of statement about that. 
So, yeah, forgive me if I'm a guy that doesn't want this type of player on the team. There's somebody on the text line that's saying, well, do you guys have a different take on this? No, because we're all kind of in rhythm with this because we all believe similar things. I mean, you're you're with me because the lack of remorse, the lack of denial, I mean, that's what seems like if, if I was somebody that was being accused of this, I would, and, and it was not true, I would immediately put out some sort of statement. Like, yeah. come on, man. I, I, I think that's the thing is that he has been silent for so long. The day after the the assault was reported, the only thing we saw of Miles Bridges was in a basketball gym working out. And, and so when, when I first saw this news, the first thing that came to my mind was LaMelo Ball. This is the Hornets' way of showing their young, budding superstar. They are committed to him. He's in year three of his rookie contract. He'll be eligible for that rookie max, I believe, this offseason at the earliest, if not, of course, the next offseason. And we know that LaMelo and Miles are boys. They hang outside. They hang out outside of, of playing basketball together. Lamelo, leading up in the preseason, voiced his opinion that he couldn't wait for Lame- for Miles Bridges to be back on the court with him. He couldn't wait to hoop with him once again. And so I think the Hornets are looking at the current situation, where you're nine and twenty-five. You're not going anywhere this season. You wouldn't imagine, even as Rozier, Hayward, Lamelo, DSJ are coming back from injury. You're going to be in the running to get Victor Webinyama, who's going to be the most highly sought-after draft prospect since LeBron James. And they're looking at this and saying that if we have LaMelo, we re-sign Miles, and we get some lottery luck and you get Victor, or even if you get uh, Scoot Henderson, you've got a really good trio of players right there that can make this team competitive on the court. And that's that's what I think this is all about, is that do I think they want to help him maybe – Re, you know, rehabilitate his image in his career. Absolutely, I, I do think that there's goodness in Mitch Kupchak and Buzz Peterson that want to be a part of that. But at the end of the day, I think this is more of a business decision. And look at this and saying that the best way for us to win basketball games and have Lamelo Ball and Charlotte for the long haul and fill up Spectrum Center is to take care of him. And Miles is one of those guys that feel like they have to keep in the fold if they want to ensure Lamelo doesn't leave earlier than expected. I, I mean, look, I. I get that, but here's my thing. I think part of it is that LaMelo just has to have an understanding that this is not a cut-and-dry situation. There are a lot of different elements that go into bringing him back. And to me, like, if you're bringing him back, are, are you are you bringing him back with the idea that you're going to make the playoffs? This year, But you're no. six and a half games back. Like, what is what is that doing for this year's well, team? I mean, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, six and a half games back with still, what, roughly 48 games to play? There's more than enough time to make up six and a half games. But do you think that he is a missing piece from a team that would be able to close that gap? I don't. I mean, this. I mean, the I thing is that he was simple. a borderline all-star player a year ago. So, you know, in theory, yes. In theory, that answer is yes. I don't think, though, even if they re-sign him, you know, today, tomorrow, whatever day that is, 
I don't see him walking on an NBA court this year. The NBA is going to suspend him. You would imagine that it would be rather lengthy. I think they will go somewhat of the route where the NFL will say, look, he missed so many games, you know, in regards to Deshaun Watson. Probably, yes, you know, probably. He missed 30, 40 games before we suspended him. So we'll, we'll shorten the suspension because it still missed a season in totality. But I, I don't think that even if, you know, he signs, he will walk on a court this year. I think the earliest is opening night next year, best case scenario. Uh, yeah, no, you're 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 probably right, but to me, like ultimately, the biggest thing that you have to ask yourself, as somebody that follows this team, that is a fan of this team, whatever, do you really do you want this guy out there representing your team? Because as uh, the pictures, the video of his young son describing what happened, I'm sorry, like that's. I can't unwatch that. That's just, there, there is, that is something that is, is going to follow him around no matter where he goes. And I said this when I was talking about it in the break to our guy, Eric Kelly, who was in here. I, I think if he wants to have a start somewhere else, restart his career somewhere else, let it happen. For the Hornets, I think, especially with where this season is at right now, that you are in position to get a really good player in the draft that could pretty much fill the shoes of what Miles Bridges left behind. I mean, look, it's, but I get what you're saying too. You're in a tough spot because you think that this is what will satisfy LaMelo. The, the other issue, though, is is we know how LaMelo, how the Ball family has been for years. He could be satisfied with that move one week, and by the next week, he could, he could be back to being a guy that's like, look, long term, I don't know if I can stay here. So that's, that's my concern with basing that move solely off of a player. I mean, from your perspective... I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Because you you said just you know to compare it to something we just talked about, completely different scenario. But you didn't like the fact that Drake May was consulted on the offensive coordinator hire for Carolina because you said you don't believe players should really be involved with those personnel moves. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a classic example of the downside of player empowerment. Um, and it, it, it's, it's the NBA was the first one to really embrace it. Cause you have guys like MJ, Michael or MJ, Kobe, LeBron, that you're going to give into those demands. But sometimes giving into those demands means you make the wrong decision. And I look at this and say, is this going to be a decision that the Hornets are going to regret is, is, is the value of winning basketball games worth it to have a guy like him on the court? That's helping you achieve whatever the goal is, whether it's to win it. You know, we wanted we want to win a division title here. We want to win a playoff series here. Do you want to do that with a guy like Miles Bridges on the roster? I think that's the the question that you know, Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak, Buzz Pearson, they got to look at the mirror. And if if that answer comes back and the answer is is yes, then I think that's what they'll they'll do. But I think if they look at the situation and you know, they, they see some things that maybe they're not all too happy with, and they say, look, we're going to re-sign him and facilitate a trade where he can, you know, still have an a opportunity to play basketball professionally. 
but rehabilitate his life and his image off the court. I feel like if that's what they look at the situation and say, that's what best for us, then that's what they'll do. And that's why, you know, I don't envy their position. I don't oh, envy no. oh, having God, to make no. that decision because at the end of the day, no matter what decision that they make, they will be wrong in the eyes of somebody. They cannot get this situation right. It was impossible from the very beginning to get this situation right when they didn't just get rid of him altogether. Um, and so I think that's going to be something they're going to have to juggle and, and really battle moving forward. So this time I'm going to throw it back across the way. Woo, here we go. Uh, I know you call yours the morning feed with Mac and Bone when you're when you're doing it for the Mac and Bone show. Can we do that at one? 38 in the afternoon. No, because in the afternoons we flash. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. So flash me. Okay. Uh, No. So, by the way, you do realize that's the first sexual innuendo that we've had so far on the show. So we made it. We made it. An hour and 38 minutes. That's pretty good, Jeff, right? That's longer than what he probably envisioned because I'm pretty sure. He, I gotta was, be honest. he was waiting to call me to say, you're done. I got to be honest. I thought you were going to open like a stand-up set and just open with something raunchy. No. So, you know, it's a it's a success. Well, I'm going to do this one because I know you're going to get so mad at this. On Friday night, the Carolina Hurricanes extended their point streak to a franchise record 14 games Wow! with a 6-5 to five win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Hurricanes are about as hot as it gets, really in all of sports well, right now. They play now. on ice. How can they be hot? I mean, the ice is just that much colder. So did they outskate the Flyers? Is, is that why, you know? I mean, they outscored them. I don't know if you know exactly how hockey works. You have to score goals to win. Yes, they Do won you? six five. I mean, because you cannot I mean, score been, a goal it's, and it's still get a proven. point in that, in, you know, in, in hockey. No, that is actually not. Well, yeah, I guess technically you could, but somebody has to score. I mean, look, you got to give this to hockey. Can't tie at the highest level of their game, right? Like the NFL. Now, I'm not going after the NFL. That's all I'm saying. But the Hurricanes, fifty points, they sit atop the. Metropolitan Division now four points clear of New Jersey and seven points back to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. It's been, I mean, early in the season, they were having trouble with their goaltending. I think this has been a huge move. The other thing is uh, we are now closing in on conference play officially for college basketball. Everybody's non-conference slate is done. Carolina re-enters the North Carolina, that is. I forgot. Everyone I, knows who Carolina is. Yeah, I just say, you know, they re enter at number 25 in the AP Top 25 poll. Yep. And my question to you of the teams that are in this local area, which team has been the most shocking to you? Because I think there's cases for every single one of the teams. You have. We thought Carolina preseason number one, probably thought they would be better than they were, although they've picked up two really good wins in a row. Duke, I got to be honest, little shocking how much they've struggled primarily to score the ball. 
Wake Forest has a couple of really good wins on their resume, including Duke so far. And NC State has been way better than we thought they were going to be. Who's the most shocking? I, I, I think when I look at it from top to bottom, it is it is actually NC State. They look like a team that can, can compete in the ACC. They look like a team that can make the NCAA tournament. And I didn't know that was possible when I was at ACC Media Days and I was talking with you know Kevin Keats. I, I just didn't know if they had the right pieces. Um, but giving them, you know, getting Terquavian Smith back in the fold, DJ Burns has been a big addition to them. Carolina's record is what probably surprises everybody. But I didn't think this team was going to enter ACC play fully undefeated. I thought they would be maybe 11 and two, 10 and three. Well, my biggest concern with Duke is that that perimeter shooting is non-existent. And unless right. Jeremy Roach is knocking down perimeter shots, where are they getting offers from the perimeter? So I think I would have to take off my Tar Heel lenses and say the Wolfpack of NC State. I don't think there's any question about it because I think coming into the year, we were saying, you know, how good would that team be? We, we thought, you know, step back. I'm not saying that they were going to be as bad as they were last year. I mean, DJ Burns coming in was huge, but... Getting Joyner to go along with Traquavian Smith has been massive for them. And I think that's what we're going to see. I I don't think they make the tournament, but I will say this. I think they have a legitimate chance. It will probably be them and Wake Forest going back-to-back for potentially that final uh, spot amongst ACC teams in the NCAA tournament. It will be interesting to see, and as you mentioned, conference play gets off in full action this weekend. Yeah, it's all-oh. Oh wow! Get started. There you, you know, go. Yeah. Uh, in full and in full capacity this weekend. Sports Radio nine two seven WFNZ. It's the Wes and Walker Show. Fitty and Flounder in for Wes and Walker. When we come back. We started the show recapping Christmas. You had NBA and NFL games on the Christmas holiday. We'll debate what is the best holiday to watch sports. That's up next year on Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ. Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Wes and Walker show. It's dubbed as the, what is it? What is it? The dub show? The dubs? I mean, we like to refer to ourselves as the three kings. The three kings. That's possible. I was going to say we had a listener. I can't, I can't find words. Oh, here it is right here. Reverend Herbaceous says the Fitty and Flounder show. The effing show on FNZ. I like that. I've heard it's pretty effing good. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if that'll pass through the boss man, though. I think uh, that was that was as close as we've come to being dumped today. By the way, been dumped multiple times in my life. Have not you on the airwaves, though. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I have to be in a relationship to actually be dumped, right? Um, Denied. How many, how many times do you think Jeff Rickard has cringed listening? Because he, he's probably worried that we're going to go there. Well, see, here's my thing. And then we didn't as go there. As long as he is cringing about the thought of us taking things too far and not the actual content that we're bringing on air, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Well, let's get into first. Uh, 
we talked about this weekend. We talked about this off the air because we've gotten really into this. We love the NBA on Christmas. We love the NFL on Thanksgiving. Yep. Well, ultimately, I think those are the two ones that stand above everything else. Now the NFL, though, trying to sprinkle themselves into Christmas as well. So the ultimate question that we have to ask here is what is the best holiday to watch sports on? I mean, for you, I already think I know your answer to this one because I know you love the NBA on Christmas. I know you do. You've said that for years. Yep. Now, unfortunately, the Knicks don't make it as enjoyable as we probably want them to. But you being a Dallas Cowboys fan, that 430 game on Thanksgiving Day probably just hits a little different. It's what makes Thanksgiving the best holiday is that you know you're going to eat really great food. You know you're going to see and spend time with your family. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Yeah, I was going to say, some people may not enjoy that as much. Um, But I can always count on knowing at 4.30 p.m. I'm going to get good football. Because the Cowboys on Thanksgiving... Well, except the year they played the Panthers. And it's, right. it's usually a good game. It's usually an entertaining game. So that, for me, is definitely number one. My second, though, is no longer the NBA on Christmas Day. I think it's lost its luster. It's not as exciting as it used to be. Is it just because some of the traditional powers that we were used to seeing? Like, some of these games now, they're set so far in advance that some of the teams that you think are going to be really good, they turn out not to be. So the games go from being when we first get them revealed we're usually like oh yeah this is exciting to when we actually get to christmas day we're like ah i'll just take a nap during this game i've really and this is more because i've just gotten back into this sport as a whole i love major league baseball on the fourth of july there's just something american something patriotic about it um, the MLB needs to do a much better job, and I think they're actually doing that this this year, starting forward, where every team will play. Because depending on the day of the week, it may fall as a travel day for some teams. No more. All 30 teams are going to be in action. And there's just something about sitting at home, eating a good hot dog, drinking a cold beer, and watching baseball. After watching the Nathan's Hot Dog no. Eating Contest. That, that is the biggest I joke of sports television programming in the hit, and I was watching Why? Tag last what night. What is wrong? What is Who wrong? Who wants with to that? watch grown people eat? It's you watch it one time a year. One too many. You watch a dude that who else who else is doing that? And do not tell me do not tell me that you think you could actually eat sixty hot dogs in ten minutes. I I don't want to try. You ate six hot dogs one time at my house when we were having a birthday party for me, and you 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 Ralphed in my bathroom you need but so, you needed a new you needed a new floor mat and curtains anyway i did you a favor not real we didn't need new curtains it was like outdated how dare you how dare you come on 
And the biggest issue with that design. wasn't that I ate six hot dogs. Come on. The biggest issue was that I ate six hot dogs. Yes. We went and ding dong ditched the neighborhood. That is, that is, can we get in trouble for that now? I don't really age? care because it's, it's the greatest, one of the greatest stories yeah, of my I life. I don't really care. I, yeah, we did that. Yep. Then came back and ate some really good birthday cake. You didn't have to. First, how did you even taste the birthday cake? You ate like one piece, or not even one piece. You ate like one, one uh, forkful. That's what I'm looking for. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. But so I, I've really gotten into the baseball lawn, whether it's the 4th of July, Memorial Day, and then Labor Day, like Labor Day weekend, because that's the return of football. Is a yeah, pretty great. Yeah, that yeah makes sense. Because they started on Thursday and it rolls all the way through Monday. Like it's just Thursday, Friday. It's just five days of just four days of really good football. That's you know what? That was one that I did not think of. That's actually that's a heck of a contender, man. That's got to be pretty close, right? Because I I love I love that Labor Day weekend, man. When they when they come out with all those great games. Baseball, see, baseball is multiple ones. Yeah. I think that July 4th is cool. I also love Mother's Day when you bring out the pink bats and everything yeah. like that. I think that's, the, they, they kind of incorporate their fans more to it. I agree with you with the, with the NBA. I think it's taken a hit the last couple of years. I just don't, I don't get into it as much. I don't mind the NFL on Christmas Day. Now, hopefully, please God, hopefully, the matchups next year are better. You can't really fault them for this year's matchups because I think at the time, I mean, it, in, if they lived up to preseason expectations, Broncos-Rams would have been one of the games of the entire season. Yeah, it would have been It would have been a present to watch those two teams play. So, yeah, I, I mean, the, the one that, you know, the one that I wish was better that's not college football on New Year's Eve. Something about the playoff not having those games on New Year's Day. Like, like don't get it wrong. It's Saturday this weekend. Most well, people are I mean, going to be games, out. The games are just lame, man. Yeah. They've just been terrible. Like, I, I, I like them on, Christmas, on, on New Year's Eve. People are like, well, you know, we go out and do stuff. Well, for us, who are just lame and don't do anything, we think it's cool. But the games have just been so bad, yep. man. There's at least one every year that's terrible. Are you coming Sometimes every Saturday to two. watch the playoff? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. But, like, I wish – I thought when that was initially set, that those were going to be the two days that they were going to have the college football playoff, I thought, dude, this is going to be right up there with the NFL on Thanksgiving, right up there with, with baseball on the 4th. But it just, to me, it hasn't lived up to it. I, I don't know. Well, maybe with the expanded playoff, they'll they'll take a they'll take a look at rescheduling the way they schedule these games. Hopefully, hopefully. Am I supposed to toss the break here? I mean, I can do it, or you can do it. Ah, no, I'll do it. Well, when we come back here on the Wes and Walker show. We will talk about the playoff picture coming into frame across the NFL. That's right. The Panthers, Bucks, and Saints all still battling for the NFC South and find out which pompous quarterback still has a chance to make the playoffs that has us as angry as we possibly have ever been. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.